<laughs> went home. Uh, Mum asked me, how was your day? And I just burst out crying. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't. I just couldn't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> we'll edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> David Hines going to kill me. Absolute <laughs> chaos. I've got another caller on the line. Hello. Sorry, caller. What's your name? Hash at any time. <laughs> <laughs> Callum, your wife just blanked me. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Real Talk. This is a show where we talk about real stuff. This is TLC's first ever podcast aimed at youth and young adults. Just a forewarning, there will be no explicit content or inappropriate stories taking place whatsoever. But we hope you still enjoy and continue to tune in. Hello and welcome to episode three now of Real Talk. Uh, if you've made it this far so far, then congratulations. Uh, you should probably be medically examined, mm. but that's that's okay. Uh, so in case you don't know already, on my left this evening, we have... Josh Smith. And on my right, we have... The better Josh. Wow. <laughs> the better Josh, that's his legal name. That's what he's been telling me his whole life. Really? You know? We used to run true. around with T-shirts on that said, The Josh, me and another guy called Josh. <laughs> and when he was a kid, so he's nine <laughs> years younger than me, and uh, he would always ask to join in. And I, he asked once if he could have a T-shirt. It was so cute. And now we're doing a podcast together. Look how wow. you've grown. Wow. Oh, Time. Cute you're you're a baby, you know that, Josh. Yeah, I really am. Especially with this guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> You see, Callum's not a massively common name, so... Yeah. I've never I had just that. thought you were about to talk about yourself in third person. <laughs> <laughs> Callum was never part of the Josh. <laughs> yeah. Callum once wore a T-shirt saying the better Josh on it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, what we want to know this evening is, like, what's the closest you've come to death? Oof. <laughs> Straight in at the deep end. Straight in. Well, deep end. That's a pun, but I'll, I'll, I'll sell you why in a minute. <laughs> closest I've came to death. I feel like I've, I'm very accent prone. I, I really am. I've broken my bones a lot. I don't think in a serious way that could be close to death. But what, like you fractured your pinky finger? Like, no, oh, broken my die. collarbone twice. This guy. Uh, I remember one of those. Yeah. Causative of one. I remember that very distinctly. There's one part of that story. So Josh Smith threw a frisbee to me when we were on holiday with his family. And I, like, I was like a puppy dog. So I just ran after it and jumped down this huge hill after it. <laughs> Landed straight on my collarbone. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just like, I think it just like the whole bone just went like that. that. Was, it was bad. Um, um, yeah. I'm not sure that Josh could be said to be the cause yeah, of that. Well, I blamed it on him. It's the, 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 the frisbee thrower was the problem in yeah. the fact that you landed badly. If you didn't mm. throw it down the hill, True. you just throw it accurately. Well, anyway. Let, let's come back to <laughs> if you hadn't jumped down the hill after it. Yeah, it's true. But I remember distinctly being in the car straight after it happened, about to set off the hospital, and five like adults all looking at me through the window. And I, I remember saying, oh, some of you turn around. I, it's too embarrassing, all of you looking at me. Because I was crying. Oh. So I was crying in the car. Everyone was looking at me. I was like, some people turn around. I don't like this. But, yeah. <laughs> Only three people can see me crying. <laughs> yeah, so now I hate people looking at me. It's child trauma. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He says, as we record to put on YouTube. <laughs> That's right. As long as you're not going to cry this evening. Yeah, then we're okay. Then we're okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. No, mine was. Um, uh, now, I, the thing about granddads, I feel, is that <laughs> they're quite like often, as the nature of being granddads, like a little bit old school mm. in a lot of the ways they do things. Yeah. And mine was. I loved loved him to bits, but um, he took it up to teach me to swim um, one weekend. 
I remember being at the pool. I was there with my mum and my aunt, and my granddad was there. So it's like a big family day out. And uh, four, like four years old. Like I don't mm. know a four-year-old that can swim. Like, that. I don't think it was my fault I couldn't swim yet. <laughs> but standing, like my granddad waved me over, and he was like, oh, Callum, can you swim yet? <laughs> I was like, no. Just completely trusting at this point. Never been betrayed in my life. <laughs> standing right by the deep end, and he just goes, boof. Oh, and, no. and in I go. Straight in. Absolute betrayal. Like a stone, bottom of the pool. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously I didn't see this bit, but apparently my mum and my aunt both saw my granddad try to murder me. <laughs> and like dived in the pool simultaneously about to, to say, rescue you me. sure that was a joke or are you sure he was just trying to take you out early maybe one off the Christmas list maybe. you know what I mean <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> what you're not my favourite grandson <laughs> that was oh that was been so like that moment it's almost like slow motion as you fall yeah. and your face goes from joy to just like <gasps> and I just, like, <laughs> you see him just pushing you the thing I remember the most really is, is the betrayal yeah like, I was like this, this man that I trusted with everything had just pushed me in a pool and I couldn't <laughs> swim so right. my trauma is people looking at me. Yours is now trust issues. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I didn't say it's because of this incident. I didn't learn to swim until I was like fourteen. Or so. Really? Oh, really? I reckon it might have been because of the incident. I yeah. Think. It always roots from somewhere. Either that, or you're just a rubbish swimmer. Yeah. It took a long time. <laughs> See, the thing I'm is, not I, sure which. I think I think that I'm a better swimmer than I am. And I, I think I thought that, like the year after I learned to swim. It was actually the same year, same school year. So I was in year nine. I learned to swim at the beginning of that year. Wow. And then I joined the swimming gala. Come on. Like, it's our swimming gala. I was Did like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was part of the mixed relay. <laughs> so four of us, okay. Yeah. Um, like it was like front crawl, then back crawl, then butterfly, and then whatever the other one was, breaststroke or something. <laughs> and uh, we were standing around, the four of us that were going to take part in the mixed relay beforehand. And uh, the like captain of the swimming team or whatever they're called was like, okay, so who can do the butterfly? And I thought, can't be that hard, right? <laughs> Mate. <laughs> Which is probably it's probably notoriously the hardest swimming the stroke yeah. to do. Yeah. So we're getting there. My team were great. Like they <laughs> had a really strong head start. So when it came to my leg, yeah. like second place was like still halfway, like had half a length on them. And so I jumped in <laughs> and I realized after like two strokes, I, I don't know how to do the butterfly. I'm just flailing around in the pool here. And like, you know, as, as I was like, I was going in, head under the water, couldn't see anything, and then head come up. And I did that a couple of times. And then the people on the lane either side, as I went in, I came up and they were just like like dolphins, like just like no. flying past me. <laughs> you were just like, and, uh, yeah. we, came, we came in third place. <laughs> it was entirely my fault. Oh, I love it. Sorry, that was a little bit of a. Meander. Meander there, but <laughs> it's great. Josh, you got any near <laughs> <laughs> I, I nearly died from embarrassment from that as well. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, butterfly is notoriously hard. Um, I, I have a similar kind of story about swimming. Yeah. So we were away on a interns, so that's what our gap years used to be called in the years like the dinosaurs roamed the earth. And <laughs> so we were told, and this was heartbreaking still actually, the year before us went on a missions trip to Romania, right? Wow. Right. And we were told that there wasn't the budget in my internship Tragic. year to go away. So instead, we had a one-night stay in Blackpool. <laughs> that is not True story. Had a one-night stay in Blackpool. And yeah, uh, evidently not loved as much. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I still think it was discrimination. Uh, it's because I'm Welsh. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll chat that through with the leadership. I don't know leadership. if it can be discrimination against Welsh people. That's I think it is. Did you know it's still legal to shoot a Welshman with a longbow on a Sunday? Genuine. True it's story. One of those silly rules. It's one of those loophole rules. So if you want to kill someone, that's how to do it. Um, but we were in Blackpool, <laughs> and on the Saturday of our visit, uh, Beth and I, who was in my year, went for a swim, and it was getting quite dark, and we <laughs> swam relatively far out. Now, she's a phenomenal swimmer. Oh, yeah. And similar to you, Callum, I think I'm better than I am. Yeah. And the tide began to go out, so we turned back towards shore. And there was just this sudden moment where it was like, I'm, I just knew I wasn't going to make it. Oof. 
and I was swimming, I tried everything, some front crawl, tried breaststroke just to keep myself going. And I just felt like I was being pulled backwards. And it was the most traumatic experience. Oh I remember shouting to her, Beth, if, I'm a, if I don't make it back, call the lifeguards. I genuinely <laughs> thought that I wasn't going to make wow. it home. Um, scary. Thankfully, I did. I don't know how, but I ended up at shore. So either wow, it was a miracle or, yeah, it must or have been a miracle. Or you better than you think. Maybe, <laughs> but it was terrified at the time. Yeah. Wow. It was awful. No, absolutely. I uh, just, just like sidetrack towards swimming again. We're not talking. About, this is this is the theme of this podcast, even though it's meant to be about near death experiences. That's the title: swimming and swimming and swimming, else. swimming and salvation. We're there. <laughs> Woo! Swimming in um, salvation. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so I have I live with a guy called Dan. Uh, he was on the real live stream. Some of you people know from he's real. He's wearing a coat. Oh, he's wearing a coat. He's wearing a coat. Daniel Barton, he's wearing a coat. He's I have no coat. idea what just happened, <laughs> listeners. So if you're confused, you're not Shout the only one. Daniel B. That was just the Lester in us coming out. Anyway, right. he's he, so we did swimming like every two weeks at school. We went to Enderby Leisure Centre to swim. And uh, <laughs> so Dan hadn't been to one yet. Um, and we all wanted him in our class. We were in the top like swimming class. Yeah. This, the problem is though, Dan can't really swim, but we really wanted him to be in our class. So we went up to the teachers and we're like, oh, what class is Dan going in? And he's like, oh, they're like, oh, we'll just have to see on the day. And then we're like, oh, put him in our class, put him in our class. Like he's really good at swimming. He's really good at swimming. <laughs> and the teachers are like, oh, if you say he's good, then we'll trust you and we'll put him in that class. Nice. <laughs> so we, the, the day came and he, <laughs> he came to the swimming pool, went to the top deep end of the swimming pool, got in. On the same day, he got moved down to the foundation group. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. From hero to zero in like good, 60 it was seconds. A good try. Did you have it was like. A good try. So I swear by you during swimming lessons, we had like different names for the different groups. And it was really like <laughs> bad how they named. So if you were a good swimmer, you were like the fish group or something. Yeah. And then like the next down was like, I don't know, like the river snakes or something. I don't even know what the middle group was. But the bottom group were called the stones. No. They <laughs> 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 just. That's so funny. Were you in the stones, Callum? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you just bring it up on my childhood trauma. Here. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this n was never a near-death experience. But we used to go to loads of national heritage sites, like castles and stuff, when we were kids. Yes. It wasn't our fault. It was my mom's. She's mm. a weirdo. Yeah. And, uh, shout out, mom, because I definitely know you're listening. <laughs> and we used to go to all these different castles. And I used to have this fear of wells. Ooh. It links to water, right? But... You know, we used to play this game. Yeah. We used to all stand around the world together. Me, my sister, mom and dad. And you'd all pick a stone and you'd drop it in. And you'd see whose stone hit the well first. But mm. of course you can't see because it's pitch black. Yeah. So <laughs> whoever's stone landed first, you'd be like, oh, that was mine, that was mine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I used to have this absolute like nightmare about falling into a well. So it never <laughs> happened. But every time I went to a castle, I thought I was going to die. You were just wow. terrified. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's still with me a little bit, to be honest. You can pray for me at the end. It's that moment when you drop the stone and, and I think just, I'm falling in. And it's just... Man. What's that? And then like four sec, four yeah. five seconds, nothing, and then like you hear the clink. Horrendous. What's wow, that, that game deep. where you drop game like of sticks? <laughs> poo sticks. Why is it called poo sticks? That's what I've always wanted to know. Winnie the Pooh. Why? Winnie the Pooh played it. I, I can't remember there that. You go. Is that true? Winnie Can someone Pooh. Google that? Because I've just made that up. It's Winnie true. the Pooh played it. Winnie the Pooh played I it. I never referred it to a poo Winnie the Pooh. So I just always assumed it was something to do with like feces and never, <laughs> so never linked it to Winnie there, the Pooh. They're there with like sticks and you've just got your own log. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is what it's meant to be. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. <laughs> My one's winning. I'd say, I'd say... Which one's yours? The brown one in the <laughs> middle. <laughs> oh, it's disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say probably a doctor, like a serious... 
experience of death was I had a, dri- a brick fall on my head. Uh, <laughs> 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 Do you know why that's funny? That Do you know why that's funny? Because in the, in the, <laughs> in the, in the first episode, yeah. I think we were talking about dogs and peanut butter. <laughs> and you said this phrase. <laughs> yeah, but if you hit someone over the head with a brick, it might not kill them, but it's not going to do them any good. <laughs> that know, was you! We didn't know you were talking from experience, Yeah, I, mate, I know what it's like. Well, it didn't do you any good. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't do me any good, I can tell you that. I was a great kid before then. And then after that, oh, it's going That's where it all went wrong. That's wow. when you started asking for the other Josh This shirts. is the thing. <laughs> yeah. wow. This is the thing. I don't... It's very strange how it happens. So me and the, the house next door... We were very, we were very like quite close. So we'd always go into each other's gardens and just like always have like you know just play together. It was, it was great fun. Yeah, get out my garden. <laughs> yeah, the parent just really didn't want to play with them <laughs> for a brick of me. Uh, no, so we we made these dens though at the bottom of the garden. Ooh. But for some reason, someone decided it would be a good idea to just lay a load of bricks to, along <laughs> the top of it to keep the tarpaulin on which was like the front door. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I decided it'd be a good idea to just run straight head first into the door and see if I could get through without realizing it's been held up by about three bricks. <laughs> Went through, there was a tug, so I didn't go straight through. I stopped right below the ledge. All the bricks just came tumbling onto my head. <laughs> oh, all no. of them split. I mean, it's not one <laughs> after each other, but they all just like hit my head and split. And then like, my, my entire head was just like, like not split open, but it was just like pretty much split open. It was just like a, it was like one of those karate things where you like headbutt through bricks. <laughs> yeah. Just did that so I went, I went out. Bricks headbutt through I you. I left my parents like out of the house all smiling. I came back just literally mortally wounded, <laughs> bleeding <laughs> through my head that's, about passing out. That's horrible. Okay. Yeah, they never let me play with them again. That's a, <laughs> that's a near death experience. That yeah. is. It was pretty scary. Those bricks have been bigger. Yeah. Or I, I could not have been here. Or wow. just, yeah. Yeah. How did he die? Went bricks. into a den. Yeah. <laughs> Ran headfirst through a door. I thought I could barge my way through a door. <laughs> it turns out I could, but did not foresee the oh. consequences. Has anyone ever trapped fingers in doors? Oh, there was a kid at my Terrifying. school. No jokes. Like at my school, um, who we had like those lethal doors, like the open hinges. Yes. And oh. it, it just like messing about in the corridor before like RS or something. Uh, he was in the air below me. And uh, someone like slammed the door and his finger was in the hinge. Mm. But the door like clicked shut. And no one really saw what happened. But all of a sudden he's screaming. He's running down the corridor and there's a trail of blood behind him. Wow. Um, and then <laughs> later on, someone from the medical room had to come back and search for the, his fingertip. Because oh. it had literally oh, yeah. severed. The, it severed him literally from like the top knuckle. The, the that uh, literally made me cringe. Like, uh. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I grim. chucked mine in my porch door, but I felt I felt a bit I felt betrayed. Your, your porch door? Por- yeah, my okay. porch. Came <laughs> my porch. Uh, no, my porch door. I felt a bit betrayed because me and my mum went in, and she told me to shut the door, so I shut the door and it closed on my thumb. It was scary because it's like my whole thumb disappeared into the door. So I thought that's it, my thumb's gone. But yeah, it wasn't that bad. Just fingernail came off, yeah. which is still disgusting. Um, and uh, yeah, so I I, I screamed and. Then the response I got, I was like, Mom, my phone's stuck in the door. The response I got was, hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. Yeah, just in my just time, genuinely, <laughs> shoot, no, I'm not even joking. That's not even a joke. I look down the corridor and she's just closing a cupboard very slowly and she's putting her shopping away. So she's putting the shopping away. You've got your thumb in the door and then your dad's there smashing fish <laughs> over the head and in the sink. <laughs> Refer to the first podcast Man. if you don't get that reference. I can't wait for the story that involves your sister that's going to just complete this image of your family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the next one's my sister. Love it. Uh, but yeah, 
traumatic yeah. and she didn't help me so still yeah. you, you, you talked about like josh having an actual kind of moment where you were like oh i'm not gonna make it back yeah like you, you an actual moment where you think oh this could be the end this yeah yeah end. that's scary like what goes through your head in that kind of moment it's, i i thought i was just gonna run out of energy and sink yeah genuinely i i didn't think i was gonna make it back there was a moment where I was trying to swim as hard as I could towards one direction and the the waves and the current were just pulling me another. Um, thankfully, I wasn't, obviously wasn't married at the time, didn't have a kid. So I was like, oh, yeah, if I <laughs> go to be with Jesus, it's not the end of the world, is yeah. it? It, it would have been the end of the world, this world. Uh, yeah. Next world would have rolled on. But yeah, so it was it was a bizarre moment, a really bizarre thought. We, we had another one that was even more like close to the bone yeah. where before we were getting married, Alice was taking her friend on a trip from Leicester to Nottingham to go to a dance audition. And on the way, you travel down the A46 and you go to the A606. And it's a notorious road. It's lovely to drive, really windy, single mm. lanes, beautiful. And as she was driving down this road in about 55 miles an hour or so, a truck came out of a T-section junction, um, didn't stop and just smashed the side of her car. Wow. Knocked her off the road. The car went into a tree, completely crumpled. Wow. Um, yeah. And they called the air ambulance to come and what they thought was going to be cut out of bodies from the car. Oh, wow. And I remember getting this phone call from a, a woman that I've never heard of, which has already taken Alice's phone. And she called and said, are you Josh? Yeah. I was like, this is weird. It's coming from Alice's number. And they yeah. said, like, your wife's just been in the car crash. Can you make <sighs> your way over here? Uh, and that was the moment, the moment where you go, like, I'm planning my life with this person. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know how severe it was. Yeah. I, I remember running to David because I was still working at church at that time and saying, hey, boss, my, my wife's just been, well, my fiance's just been in a crash. I've got to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was heart and mouth moment. And yeah. the realization that life is incredibly fragile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thankfully, they escaped with pretty much a couple of scratches. That's um, amazing. And just to put it into context, the air ambulance arrives and... Alice and this other girl Zoe ended up talking to the people that came to rescue them and the air ambulance guy said I he said I genuinely expected just to find bodies yeah. wow. so I mean it was it was a miracle Alice later prayed that God would reveal where he was through this journey mm. and she as she prayed that night she saw a like a bird's eye view interpretation um, of the crash That's and cool. she said she could see the cars overhead her car driving this way, the truck come out the other junction. And she said, as they came off the road and in towards the tree, she said she could see a man who she believed to be Jesus, literally bracing between the car and the tree for impact. Wow. Um, so although it was an incredibly traumatic moment for me, that realization that I'll oh, flip what's, what's happened. Yeah. For her, it was, um, as well as being really devastating initially, what she learned through it was that God was there even in the middle of the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So it was incredibly powerful in terms of longevity for her. Funny thing is, for our honeymoon, we'd arranged to go on a driving holiday. <laughs> so three or four days after this massive crash, the cars were written off. I said to her, Alice, do you, uh, you still up for a drive for the honeymoon? <laughs> and she was just like, babe, it is far too soon. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that, was a, that was a real moment. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Something you said that really like struck something with me then was about like you get this idea of like how fleeting life is. True. Um, and I remember that that was like my big takeaway. I, when I was 16, I got really, really sick. Um, so it, like, like I had I diagnosed with cancer at the age wow. of 16. Um, wow. Yeah, God took me Gosh. through that and like healed me like within six months of the initial diagnosis was completely, completely free of that. But that's one of those moments where you go, oh, wow. Like you kind of take 
life for granted mm. but you don't appreciate that it, it could all just be snatched away in a moment yeah. um, or over like a, a longer time than a moment if it's an illness but yeah <coughs> well yeah how did you negotiate that so w- were you you just found Jesus pretty much before this diagnosis yeah I was baptized just before yeah um, oh, wow yeah just quite, quite. That's an interesting. So I remember, test, I remember it, someone really? telling me, like, like, oh, you know, people think when they get baptized, the journey's done, but actually, that's that's when the challenges come. And Gosh. like, I didn't, you know, <laughs> wow, should have took them at their word, yeah. really. But no, I at the time, it's funny because looking back on it, I think, wow, at the time, it, I don't think it really struck me like exactly the, how serious it was. I yeah. think the people around me were a lot more scared than I was. What was the difference between your starting? thought process when you first found out the news and then your thought process when you when you were clear of mm. cancer like what was the difference like what had god done in your mind yeah well it's it's funny because i think when i first heard the news like it takes a long time to process something yeah. like that <laughs> so initially it was just kind of like oh okay and yeah. I, I don't think you really I, I i don't know i at that age didn't have the capacity to really process yeah. those emotions that quickly so um initially my initial thought was just kind of okay we'll deal with this like, yeah um, which is, isn't, doesn't come from a place of like great faith necessarily. It was just like a, okay, this is happening. It's like realism almost. Is there, um, I imagine once you're thrown in there, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Mm. So if you're spending all your time thinking about, oh, this is annoying and this is, then maybe yeah. if people live like that, then you don't really live. Absolutely. You've almost just kind of, I mean, I would never recommend saying this to someone who's going through it, of course. but you just kind of got to get on with it. Wow. Um, that was my mindset with it a little bit. But it's funny because I, as as, an, as a young Christian, um, and maybe we'll, we'll chat about this a little bit more. But I, I had actually more than as a young Christian, quite a few years, like during this and afterwards as well. I had a real like fear of death, wow. which mm. almost doesn't make sense as a Christian because you think, okay, well, when I die, I go to be G- with Jesus. <laughs> but it would still be something that literally like kept me up for some nights of like, oh my gosh, one day I'm going to die. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. And I think part of going through that kind of forced me to process that a little bit more rather than just put it out of my mind yeah yeah um, that's honest man yeah and you know I mean I'd say I'm not scared of death anymore which is quite a cool place to be yeah that is good so yeah. what's Almost that process then <laughs> that, how do you get a victory over the fear of death so we've talked about the concept of near death or vaguely near death experiences and you just talked about going from being scared of death to no longer being scared of death mm. How do you get there? So maybe people are watching this or listening to this, especially without trying to pigeonhole people. If you're not a Christian or you don't have a faith, if you don't believe in a higher power or a life after this, then how do you not fear death? Mm. How do you get to a place where it's no longer something that scares you? Yeah. Wow. For me, I, I mean, I, honestly, if you, if, if you don't have a belief in a higher power or an afterlife or something, I have no idea how you get <laughs> past that because... Yeah. For me, it was just repeatedly kind of reassuring myself about eternity. Um, This is part of the reason why I always come back to like this idea of eternity, because it's such a comfort to know that what we experience in this life is is nothing. And even if, you know, whether you have 20 years on Earth or like 105, it's it's in the face of eternity, it's still nothing. and the reality is everyone is going to die. Sorry if you're listening and you didn't know that you're <laughs> going to die. But it's, so yeah, it's the overwhelming will. world statistic, isn't it? One yeah. out of one die. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you said something, sorry, you said a throwaway phrase. I'm now almost looking forward to it. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, 
it's that idea of the, the world is broken, isn't yeah. it? The world's broken. Yeah. Um, people are messed up. Everyone's messed up. Um, and one day it's all going to be made whole again. Come on. Mm. And we're not going to see that until either Jesus comes again or we, we die and go to be with him. Yeah. Um, mm. So, you know, I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'd like a little bit longer on Earth if I could. Yeah, just just a little great. longer to enjoy my life. You know, yeah. give me another 20 years. I don't especially, mind di- dying. Especially of a, after you've just had the news yeah. you're going to be a dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that'll be, on the way. That's always something to look forward slightly, to. That'll be slightly, bit of a bummer. Did uh, anyone else, I apologise for bringing it back here. Did anyone else go, oh, I really want to get married before Jesus comes back? Did anyone else <laughs> have that thought like, For many reasons, I'm sure. I'm all up Jesus coming back. Now that's honestly there. Man, when we used to talk about it. For more than one reason. Yeah, many more. But one specific reason. And then we used to talk about it often. Like, what, what happens when Jesus comes back? How's it going to look? And I'd sometimes pray, Lord, I'm so excited for you to come back. But, you know, will you wait till I get married? Yeah. <laughs> I've prayed before. I remember um, it was me and Sharice had a holiday planned. And we hadn't been on a holiday for a while. And I remember just thinking, like, what if Jesus comes back yeah. before I get to go on holiday? Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that trip to Mallorca. Man, I never get to go to it. <laughs> sat on the plane, raptured. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Devastating. Or turn up to the hotel. I'm sure heaven would be a lot better than Mallorca. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, also that all you can eat, like holiday buffet is is the one, isn't it? Don't you think it's crazy that in heaven, uh, this always amazes me, but in heaven there are colours that you haven't seen before. Try and think of a new colour right now. Possible to think of. You know what I mean? That is impossible uh, to think of. Do you know what's interesting? (laughs) What? Like out of everything you'd think of in eternity, yeah, it's just bas- like, yeah, I know. Flipping it, wow, that colour between green and yellow. Yeah, but, yeah but it's not <laughs> between green <laughs> and yellow. No, it's no, the same thing. Have you heard about um, like mantis shrimps? Um, are a type of shrimp, funnily enough. Really? That, so humans have three colour receptive cones in our eye, which makes mm. it we're able to see about a million different yeah. colours with those. Um, mantis shrimps have sixteen, wow. which means they can literally see billions and billions of colours that we could never even dream. That's cool. Like, that is cool. So jealous of that. Yeah, a little bit. Hey, maybe mm. we'll see them in heaven, right? Maybe, maybe we will. Yeah. So just to just to bring us into the Bible, because yeah. I don't know if we've got very That's long left. Good. Um, Matthew twenty four, thirty five, says, "Heaven and earth will pass away, my words will never pass away." Wow. Wow. And I think that's something to to commit to memory that of everything that we see and know like our lives everyone around us you know even in in 10,000 years no one's going to remember anyone who remembers you like i hate to be blunt with it yeah. but, mm. but the word of god and the teachings of jesus those things are eternal yeah. the relationship mm. with him is eternal those are things that matter and there's a passage which links really nicely on from that in hebrews josh have you got that can you read that yeah. out for me is that all right yeah, so it's Hebrews 12, uh, 27. It says, This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Wow. And what remains? Even heaven and earth will fade away, right? Yeah. That's what your passage just said, but his words, the only unshakable thing yeah. wow. will remain. Yeah. Just the concept that in the middle of this season right now, I think people's eyes have to be thrown towards eternity because the world around us is shaking. Yeah. Like things that we believe in and things that people give their lives to. So I don't know, if you love a football team and you go to all their games, can't. (laughs) If you've invested in stocks and shares, the financial market is crashing. Mm. Everything that is able to be shaken is currently being shaken. And for us as Christians, I think it has to force us to look to eternity. 
It has to force us to find our hope in the God who is eternal and not just in our temporary circumstances. So if you're listening and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want to say like there is no time like now. And maybe you're in a position where your world feels like it's crumbling. The reality is it is. And from the moment you're born, and this sounds really morbid, Mm. every moment you're closer to death, you're closer towards eternity. And at some point you've got to make a decision. Mm. What are you going to do with your eternity? So the reason that you don't fear death anymore is because you understand who Jesus is. Yeah, Mm. I know where my eternity is. You know where you're going. Yeah. Like for you, you've never had a fear of death because from a young age, you've known where you're going next. Mm. And that that certainty is only found in the knowledge of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our take home from today, yeah. right? Yeah, like if you've had a near-death experience or if you haven't, at some point, one out of one die. I know that's yeah. a really bizarre place to end the podcast, but there's hope because of Jesus. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. He is eternal. He's beaten death. He's defeated death. Like He has victory on the cross. He's gone through death, pain, everything you could imagine, and he's returned victorious. Yeah. He ha- now holds the keys to the kingdom <laughs> of death, and, and life is found in him. Preach it, Josh. Yeah. And here's the kicker, right? Like the society around us says that you can have your own truth and you can believe what you <laughs> want to believe. It's all a lie. Yeah. yeah. Like there is only one way to eternity and it's through Jesus. It's it like is. truth truth by its very definition can't be subjective. It's not. There is there is one yeah. truth. There is one truth and, and his name is Jesus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you're not a Christian. Seriously, you want to know more, why not email admin at trinitylifechurch.org.uk <laughs> um, or send a voice note to the podcast or get in touch because yeah. we'd love to introduce you to the one that can introduce you to eternity. Yeah. Wow. Let, let me explain for you as well. If you email admin at Trinity Life Church, what happens is it goes to our wonderful receptionist, Rena, <laughs> and what she does is she looks at it and she goes, oh, okay, this must be for Callum. And she forwards it to me. So, <laughs> so we kind of say it as a joke, but also if but you want to get in touch, that would genuinely work. That would genuinely work. work. Uh, it it just Rena will know about like, your deep personal decisions. But that's fine. She's lovely. <laughs> I tell you what, if you email saying, I want to give my life to Jesus, how do I do it to an admin? She'll be buzzing. She, she would. She'll yeah. be buzzing. She would love that. And also, it makes me look really good. Yeah. And, and you guys, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. uh, <laughs> thankfully, that, uh, yeah, it's all temporary, that image stuff. Yes. So it's going to uh, fade at some point. Yeah. That's going to be shaking. We're all going grey, bro. Seriously, <laughs> yep. it's only a matter of time. My dad went grey at 17. Ooh, he started wow. to go grey. So I've done well. That's scary. Cheers, Dad. I've still got a hairline. So yeah, <laughs> how's your hairline? <laughs> what was that? And on that bombshell... <laughs> Would you like to <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, Lord, we acknowledge this evening that, that things are shaking um, and many of the things that we can build our lives on are shakeable, Lord, and, and not a secure foundation. Lord, and I, I just pray for anyone who's going through that at the moment, anyone who has a maybe a, a paralyzing fear of death where where it keeps them up at night, Lord Jesus, or anyone who's, who's really worried about what's going to happen when this world does fade, as it inevitably will, Lord. Would you just reveal to them the security that comes from faith in you, Lord, the security that comes from having absolute, uh, full understanding and knowledge of where their eternity is spent, Lord. Mm-hmm. We praise you, Lord God. Thank you. Amen. 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 Have a great week. Yeah. yeah. See you next time. In, so unless four. we all die. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I hope that you've enjoyed episode three of Real Talk. We have loved putting these together. It's fast become the highlight of what we're doing at the moment. So why not share the stream with others around you, pass it on, and allow other people to be encouraged just as we hope that you are. 
just to say, Callum mentioned a verse in Matthew earlier on in this podcast where he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And then we went on to talk about eternity. Maybe you've heard that and you think, well, my eternity's in heaven and heaven's passing away. What does that mean? Just to clarify, God says, I am making all things new. Jesus is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. So what we can see at the moment, the heavens above us and the earth below us, these things are all going to fade and change. But he is making a new place for us to spend eternity with him. So be encouraged because God is about a good thing.